Welcome to Let's Be Real 100%, where we are 100% real about life. We know that life happens and we are here to talk about it. And when I say we, I'm talking about it's all God and little old me. Join us as we jump into our topic today. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I am good. I'm good. I do apologize. I got to get used to the the different. That's okay. Because I'm probably going to be the same way when I'm. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like Eastern Standard Time. What is that in Central? Like, what is that? Like, hour before, hour late? One day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get it together one day. And and it's funny because sometimes, a lot of times when they send you a link, they'll Mm. automatically adjust it to your time zone. Wow. I was like, oh, I was like, okay, so it's still 1130 my time. Right. Then I was like looking through and I'm like, (laughs) I couldn't find anything. And I was dealing with like so many things that I was like, oh my gosh, I'll just, I'll just email her. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm glad you did because I was like, what? Oh, I was like, so then my email popped up saying I had an event coming up, like, not too long ago. And I was like, okay, well. And I was like, why do I feel like she said 1130? And I said, I must have put it in wrong. And I was like, no, that's Eastern Standard. I said, you got to get this together. You really do. Right. Then I'll meet new friends. You got to go across the world and get their time. (laughs) So... <laughs> we made it though. That's all I can say. We made yes. it. We yes. We made it. We made it. Well, welcome to an episode of uh Let's Be Real. Uh, this podcast is usually just based on conversation um about you know overcoming you know things in life and letting people know that they're not alone, learning how to build each other up as well. So uh just wanted to welcome you. Um I usually start um I usually start the conversation off with the icebreaker. Uh, so okay. my, icebreaker, my icebreaker for you is if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? Ooh, so many places. I have I know, like right? a top five. <laughs> let me see. Let me pick one. Um, I would say Africa has been somewhere, is on one of my top five. Okay, why would you say Africa? I have always wanted to um, explore uh, some of the uh, culture of Africa, Mm -hmm. and I've always wanted to go on a safari um, and just be able to experience, you know, um, some of the, I would say, not... I, I love going out into like more of the rural areas. Um, mm-hmm. So not so much the the town and the cities, but uh, more the uh, rural uh, huts and the, the communities. And um, right. I would love to like learn some of their dancing dances and um, some of their that culture. Sounds, that sounds like fun. <laughs> that sounds mm-hmm. like fun. I mean, yeah. I watched 
um, I watch Animal Planet all the time, so I look. I mean, it's not always a safari, but I just realized I know most of those animals are in Africa. So it's like to see those up front and in your face, it will be like surreal for me. <laughs> like I know I can would. <laughs> like lions and hyenas and mollies of the I'm like what? Like you are real. Yeah, it's not just TV. <laughs> And recently, my mom's cousin is on a safari, and his photos that he has on Facebook, I'm like, oh, I wow. still want to go there. I'm right. like, it's it's becoming real. I'm like, one of these days, I will have that full experience, just like they're experiencing right now. Um, yeah, it's crazy, because I said I wanted to travel before I, you know, leave this earth or whatever. I want to be able to experience what was made in the beginning, so that, I, you know, I don't want to miss out on anything, you know. Um, yes. That 2024, I know, I'm, I might not go out the country in 2024, but in 2024, <laughs> my plan is to travel more, um, going outside of my area that I'm in and basically, you know, my comfort zones. You know, mm -hmm. I've, never been, I've never been on a plane, <laughs> but I plan Ooh. on getting them. <laughs> Well, you'll like have to try the plane because it is so much fun. <laughs> oh, I've heard many different stories about the plane, you know, especially with the ear popping and the, you know, the acceleration and the, uh, you know, all those things, all those mixed emotions. I'm like, you know, I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be my feet on the ground if something was ever happened, you know, so it's, it's a lot of, in my mind. But I'm like, yeah, some places you just can't drive. You know, no. you gotta just fly. So I'm like, okay, Lord, one day I just need you have Michael on one end, one end, Michael on one end, one end of the plane, and then Gabriel on the other. I'm gonna need them to <laughs> guide this plane so I'll be good to go. So, but yeah, but yeah, I'm definitely excited about it. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. I know. Um, we are acquaintances of a mutual friend of ours, and yes. thankfully we're friends together now, so we're all friends together. <laughs> yes, so, yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. Uh, so let's see. So I, um, a little bit about myself. I am a single mom uh, with four kids, uh, ranging anywhere from 22 to 9, Um so it's always a it's always a fun moment, uh, and I always have to tell myself which age group I'm talking to at the moment. Right, um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm <laughs> all with you. Yeah, I have to be like, wait, he's 22. Never mind, I'm not talking to my nine year old. <laughs> <You're> uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it it is fun. We uh we moved to Pennsylvania. Um, I will say. Uh, about two years after my divorce. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I have been through a lot of uh, trauma in my life. I've been through a lot of loss in my life. Um, I've, as a mom, I've had to help my, my, one of my children go through uh, uh, quite a few losses uh, in mm -hmm. his life. Um, but I would say the iceberg for my life was the divorce. Um, and I had experienced other traumas, but uh, that moment was uh, the tipping point for me. Uh, and I was at a place where I was very uh, lost. I will say mm -hmm. uh, in six, in 
the first six months I was like immobilized. Um, I felt like the atomic bomb just hit my entire life that we had created um, together. And my daughter, who's nine, uh, was super young. She was uh, around a year old. So there was a lot happening. Um, And I just remember being completely uh, in a place where, uh, where I was just, oh, wait, see, wait, she wasn't a year. She was, she was, do, 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 let's see, do my math, four. So she was super young. She was going right. into, they were all in school. Um, but it was just a moment where like everything around me came crashing down. Um, it was unexpected. Uh, right. We had been married. We thought we were happily married. We had owned we owned uh, three business or three a business with three gyms. Uh, I had oh, my wow. own practice uh, as a nutrition coach, um, and then he was a personal trainer. And uh, I also had a nonprofit that was active, uh, where we helped children and families learn to uh, learn to eat healthy and learn to be active in the community and active in their lives. And uh, so for me, it was, it was like a high point that just came crashing. Um, And so I will say the first two months uh, I lost a hundred pounds. It was about, people would be like, what date weight loss program are you on? And I'm like, you You definitely don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not one that you want to partake in. Um, Right. Uh, it, it was the, and I would not leave bed unless the children were home. Um, I would just sleep all day long. Um, and I would buy food and have it ready when they got home. And I would put this fake smile on and I would be like oh, wow. totally looking like, you know, everything's put together. And then when they would leave, it was like oh, a switch went off and I was right. in bed and I was super depressed and, um, at one point I was even suicidal, uh, where I was just like, why am I even trying this? Uh, I'm an overachiever. And so at that mm-hmm. moment, I felt like everything was out of my control. Right. Um, looking back though, like I recognize at that moment, God had to do it that way because mm-hmm. I physically would have never let go of that marriage. And why would you say I would have, I would have fought tooth and nail and I would have figured out a way to fix it because at that point in my life, I was a fixer. Um, I fixed everybody's lives. And, and so for me, I I recognize how God knew me best and knew that the only way for me to leave that relationship was for it to happen out of my control. Um, So when you say it happened out of your control, like leading up to Leading up to the divorce, like you said, you had you y'all had plenty of businesses. Kids were good, you know. Probably grades are good, good kids. You know, everything is like mm-hmm. it's not per- it's not perfect. Of course, no marriage is perfect, but it no. was something that you could you know manage and you work together. Everything was communication was good, finances was good, everything was good. So like what in th- that split second of a moment, everything was going good. Like what happened to where? divorce even came up in the conversation. If so, you don't mind. 
No. So at that point, we, uh, like I said, we owned businesses uh, mm-hmm. in the community. We lived in a small community in upstate New York. Um, and we had connected. We were very, very well connected with other people in the community and other families. And we had one family that we just we worked really well together with and mm-hmm. they owned uh, businesses as well. Uh, and so we kind of did this like you know, you help me, I'll help you. And and we would get together three times a week and we would have dinner together and their five kids and our four kids would all play together and they were the same right. ages. And it just seemed like this, this perfect, um, you know, awesome connection that we all had. And uh, at that point, you know, I knew God, but I didn't really know God. Right. Um, I grew up knowing God, but like my your own personal you know, my life was not really living in alignment with God. Right. Um, and the moment that I found out I was ready to take kids to an orientation and he came up to my car and he's like, I, I want a divorce and I'm leaving you for someone you know. Hold on, wait, whoa, hold on. You just like you can't you know you can't just speed to a conversation. Ah! Wait a minute. <laughs> Okay, so hold on. Wait. Give me a minute to process this one. Um, okay, so he said, he comes to your car, right? And it's like, oh, hey, by the way, I want a divorce and I'm leaving you for someone you know. He did. It was like a, a hot, cold situation where like out of the blue, boom, this question comes up. And I, I looked at him and he was comical you know, he'd have a, a, dry, a weird sense of humor. Um, and so I was just like, you're joking. Ha ha. So funny. Um, because our, our marriage was great. Right. Like, I mean, we right. had our flaws. Um, later on, I recognized that there were a lot more flaws that I didn't realize and that I need work myself. But right. Um, but it was from the outside. Everybody thought we had this great marriage. Everybody thought we were in love and you know, and thought that it was, this was this wonderful. We used to go grocery shopping together like every weekend and we would do everything together and we would take vacations and everybody from the outside thought it was great. At yeah. home, you know, we thought about basic stuff. Um, but a lot of it I recognize later in life was core issues, uh, moral issues that we would, we, that we would fight about. Um, and when you say moral conversations like what what would you base that off of like what do you consider a moral core so moral core could be like our our beliefs on Mm. how to how to raise children our beliefs on on what is right and wrong Mm -hmm. um in life um you know i grew up thinking i was grew up being taught that you you marry somebody and as long as they're a believer then you're equally Mm -hmm. yoked and Mm. And I recognized real quick uh, when I started to pull myself together after the divorce mm-hmm. that, that that statement is only scratches the surface. Right. And there's right. so much more to that. Um, and that there's, especially in the United States, there's so many denominations. Right. And not every denomination believes the same way. Exactly. Uh, and so the, the concept of of I'm a believer 
could be completely different from one denomination to the next. And and the morals of how they're brought up and how they are raised are completely different as well. And so a lot of our arguments later on in life, I just recognized were stemmed from those aspects. And then he stepped away from God for a, a while. And, you know, I thought I had held on to God in our family by a thread. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recognized that it was not God. It was just me trying to fix the situation. Um, so how did you get to the point when you figured out it was you instead of God? Like you, you're working too hard. You're stressed out all the time. It wasn't like a easy fix. What the way you thought it should have been? Um, I didn't recognize that until I really worked on me after the divorce. Mm-hmm. And when I say me, like we're talking two years down the road after the I, divorce, I you know, that. atomic bomb hits. It took me probably about two years to recognize, right? You know, oh, I actually have to work on me. Um, and and it was hard because we had we had connected as a, a unit, you know, like um, the two families that we had as two families, we had bonded together. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually a couple days right before he told me I had found out uh, that I had found out uh, I had thrown her a birthday party. Well, I had been, participated in her birthday party, but I had stayed and made sure that, you know, she was okay. They had a lot of drinking and, you know, and this is the woman that he left you for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Wow. And my kids were all best friends. So, you know, it was a very touchy situation. Right. Um, and when he told me, I just thought he was joking because I was just like, we always are like, oh, the kids all play well together. They, you know, it's like they're all cousins. Um, right. And I didn't realize too, like looking back, like how powerful our words were then because we we spoke it into existence so often in our jokes. Um, so what did you, like, what do you mean? Like, what did you speak? Um, well, we would always be like, oh, they they get so well. They look, they look alike. Or, you know, they, mm. they get along so well. They could be like siblings. Right. Um, oh. oh. And, and you don't realize how powerful your words are right. in those moments. But it was just a joke back then, right? It was, mm. it was something that we just were like, oh, ha, 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 they look funny. Or they look together, you know, they look like they're, they're they, they can look be related. Like, yeah. Right. They could be related and you don't realize how powerful those words are even in that moment. And when he told me it was real, I was stunned. When wow. he told me that he really wanted this and that he didn't want anything to do with me, like I was stunned and he he continued to like just like really try to make it real. And he was like, I, I never loved you. You know, we went into the the ultimate negative and we had been married almost 10 years at that point and uh, I was like what do you mean you never loved me we've been married 10 years Uh, and and he just got more and more angry and I remember driving away and I was crying and I look back at that moment and I'm like God totally protected me because I couldn't see where did you go (laughs) I just drove and I'm like God you must have had the wheel that day because like I couldn't see would be beyond my tears like there was no ability to see Uh, and I remember coming back home and I remember him pulling me into 
the bedroom so the kids mm-hmm. wouldn't hear. And right. he was just like, the kids can't know. Nobody can know until we figure all this out. I mean, and what's at that the moment, like, you've been made the decision. Like, what do you mean was to figure out? Well, and, and this was where, like, I started to feel even further alone, right? Because right. all of a sudden I'm like, wait you drop this bomb and now I can't talk to anybody. I'm right. like, who knows? And it, the only person that knew was her husband. Oh, and wait, so hold far... on. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm trying to process. <laughs> I'm really trying to process it. Cause okay. I mean, okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. So it's, it's a lot couple. to process. It is because now I'm, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you, okay. Y'all are, you know, friends with couples. Y'all are getting, get, getting together three times a week, you know, getting along, fellowshipping and all this other stuff. And in the back end, this woman is married so and they're, married. wow. And they okay. have five kids together. Um, that we're all best friends with my kids. So it well, was I'm a thinking, very... In my mind, I guess I'm thinking it was a single woman and then two other couples. I guess that's where my mind went. I don't know. I'm a little yeah. slow. But... That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it's okay. hard because it was like so intertwined. And I just remember being like, this is a mess. Right. So how long like, was this... How long was this in, infidelity going on? Like behind the scenes? Did he ever say so? Something? Uh, yeah. He had told me it had only been going on for a couple months. Uh, later on in in our divorce, our divorce process, mm-hmm. uh, because we own three gyms, one of them was a very, I would say, old school mom and pop type gym. Mm-hmm. And I just remember one of the gentlemen who was a regular pulled me aside and he's like, Tara, it's so good that you're getting divorced. He's like, your husband's been cheating on you for years. Not um, you. Yeah. And it, well- and so at that moment, I recognized, I was like, God, you really saved me from a lot of yeah. Yeah. grief when the kids would have been out of the house. Right. Um, but it was it was tough. I would say the first six months was really rough. Um, my kids would go back and forth to school. I put this fake smile on because, you know, the I wasn't able to talk to anyone other than her husband. Uh, which thank goodness he was a chef because he just made amazing meals and we would just watch movies and ball our eyes out talking about the situation. Oh wow! Wow. Uh, um, and at now least how did that somebody... go? Like how did the how, like how did the, wait a minute? So how did that go? Like you were your friends <laughs> still with the husband? Like I'm, I guess woo. We were all okay. friends. And, right, and you it, were, the but it's like we both could talk to was each other, and it was like. That's okay, crazy. well, at least you're a good chef and I have a good meal to go to. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's like, but it's like, okay, my husband is with your wife, your wife was with my husband, and now we're like, how does this even work? Like, <laughs> wow. So every day he would leave. Every day he would leave, he'd leave to go to work. Um, and his mm. his because he was a personal trainer in and out of people's homes, right. the hours were crazy. And right. so he would leave at 5 a.m. and he would text me and say, well, I'm not coming home until late. I'm with, you know, I'm with her. Um, and so I would be like, oh, my gosh, I'd have this meal on the table and I'd have to tell right. my children, I'm sorry, dad's not coming home tonight. Um, and after a couple weeks, my kids were like, mom, where is dad? 
Like, what is he doing? Why is he out so late at night? And I remember, I remember it was like a month or two in, I was like, Andrew, you have to, you have to at some point address this issue because the kids are really questioning. Um, And I just remember him being like, no, we're, we're going to figure this out. We can't do it until their kids know because they go to school. And I'm like, I understand. I'm like, but the kids are asking. So either you need to come home at dinner time because I said I'm not lying anymore. Right. And this continued a little longer. And we did. I mean, I told him, you know, before we tell kids, we're going to do counseling. We had never mm-hmm. done counseling in our entire marriage. And I said, well, mm-hmm. we're going to try this. If this does not work, then by all means. Um, we did that was the point for... of fixing. That was your point of trying to fix it. <laughs> Correct, to to and God it. and God was like, "Watch this. You're not going to be able to fix it." <laughs> wow. Because we went to counseling. I just remember him getting really mad, and at one point he just stormed out and was like, "I'm done with this." He's like, and he looked at the counselor and he was like, "You're always on her side. You're never on my side. Wow. I'm out of here." And I looked at the counselor after he left and she just was like, you're dealing with a very difficult narcissist. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? <laughs> Lay it out for me. Right. Give me the definition uh, of all of that. Explain to me the like manual on how to do yes. that. <laughs> right. right. Uh, and she just kind of looked at me and she's like, it's going to be a very difficult road road for you. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear, like, an answer. (laughs) No, for real. And I just remember being like, okay, at that moment, I remember being like, okay, God, you're all I have. Like, I have nothing left, God. Like, we have these businesses on the rocks at this point because he's Mm -hmm. not paying attention to stuff. I have my practice, but I really can't go see people because my brain is not in a physical health state to help people at the moment um and the nonprofit I had to put on hold and uh I just remember I took music and I would I just started running and I remember running turned into running one to two miles a day to running 15 miles a day while the kids were at school Uh and I would just hit the road and I would listen to music and I would just run and I would cry and I would talk to God and I'd be like, God, you, you've got to show me how to fix this. Wow. Um, and it was like my moment where I would just lay it all out to God as I ran and him and I would have conversations about like, you know, Tara, you just need to let go. Um, and so at that point, I remember coming home and I just was like, okay, counseling's not working you're not home all the time. You're constantly with this woman. I'm like, we just have to have a meeting. So one day while they were kids were at school, I invited her and my husband at the time at the house to have a meeting. I thought, well, maybe, maybe an intervention will work. Mm. And, was, uh, her husband, was her husband there at the intervention or no? He didn't want to show up. So he did, or he wasn't available or didn't want to show up. So he did not show up for that meeting. Wow. And uh, it blew up in my face. It, it definitely blew up in my face. I remember at the end, it was like, well, Tara, how can we still become friends? And I'm like, I'm sorry. 
I'm like, this is not working. What part no. of this do we not understand? Yeah, some um, some screws are missing because you said, how can we still be friends after you are, uh, you know, yeah. fellowshipping with were, my husband? <laughs> and they wanted to make sure I stayed in the house because we were close to them, and they wanted this this community feel that we had before to stay intact. Wow. Um, and I just was like, that that can't happen. I'm like, I'm asking how we're going to break this right. atomic bomb to our children who are going to, it's going to shatter their lives. Right. It's going to shatter their comfort zone. It's going to shatter their safety net. Like, how do we plan to do that? And I just remember leaving that meeting and not getting answers. And wow. so I went back to God and was like, okay, God, like nothing's working. And I, I just remember God being like, when you're done right. trying to fix it, let me know. <laughs> Basically, in a nutshell. <laughs> right, pretty much. Um, stop trying to fix the problem and just let go. And so I finally, you know, I was like, okay, I got to let this go. How do I let this go? Um, yeah. And in the process it's, it's interesting because God knows us best, right? He knows, like, right. how we function. And it got to the point where, like, he was always out and he was not allowing, you know, not coming home. Right. And, and my, you know, our marriage was great. Behind closed doors, he, he was verbally abusive. I didn't want to recognize it at the time, but he was verbally right. abusive. And, um... It came to a moment where he got real angry uh, because I wanted him to stay. And I was telling him, no, you know, if you're not going to tell kids, right. then you need to stay in this house. So it looks like we're still married. And wow. I remember being in the hallway and I remember him raising his fist ready to hit me. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Right. Uh, this is it. This is the final straw. I'm not going to try to fix it anymore. And God knew it had to get to a point where I had to be like, okay, I'm done. Hands off. Um, And I said, fine, you leave out that door. I'm telling the kids tonight, your choice. Um, And that night he left. So I ended Mm. up telling my children uh, and helping and consoling them through the process. And they were broken. Um, It, it was a it was a very difficult process, uh, but God knew I had to let go. And the more I let go, the more God stepped in. Um, and, and I recognized I couldn't touch this at all. Right. Um, and things got crazier. I, I will not say that things got any easier. Uh, my uh, the process I went through to get divorced was about a three two to three year process oh wow um we had to go through all three courts to get finally a decree of divorce um and so, why, process- so why was it three courts though like like it was something i mean i know it's probably finances and splitting up everything and all of that is uh, that what the three courts meant so the first time we, we thought we could, I told them, fine, we'll, we'll try to do this, you know, on our own and we'll just do it and we'll submit it to family court. Um, mm-hmm. 
And at that point, we got through the paperwork, but when we got to the signature part, he fought. <laughs> wow. And I said, okay, that's where we're going. Um, so we went to court number two. Um, and at that point, God was telling me to move. Right. And so I kept moving. I kept, I moved like 30 minutes away and God just was like, no move. And I was in and out of uh, abuse the abuse shelter at that time trying to deal with the verbal abuse and right. um I will say the books of text that I would get and and the CPS at my door making sure I have food in the fridge and oh wow um I just and I had to reinvent myself in this process so I ended up working at a ski resort and um and it was it was a whirlwind at that time okay. I felt like everything I had to, re I had to basically scrub everything we had and restructure everything. And at the, and in that process, I also learned he let go of the three gyms without telling me wow. and filed bankruptcy. Um, so I recognized I was having a tidal wave of debt coming at me. Um <laughs> And when I say tidal wave, like huge tidal wave and everything right. I had set, guys, I used to be a paralegal. So everything I had set legally in, in practice and place mm -hmm. for something like this, right. um, he somehow made it so it, it would not, you know, he still, he disregarded all of that because he never, he didn't tell me in enough time for us to, to sell everything. So we could have just made a wash of the business and right. um and in the process everything was blamed on me and I was like okay this is it, it was like it was like the enemy came at me uh times 10 and I just remember being like oh my gosh like right. I don't even know what to do and every aspect of my life it's it's chaos and it's and it's crashing waves um and the only place I would find peace was in my prayer, my prayer closet with God. Yeah. Um, and in that process, we were in court number two and God just kept telling me to move. And so I was like, all right, God, I don't know where to move. And I know you keep telling me to move. So I'm going to put a three hour radius around me and God, you are going to show me where you want me to move. Mm, wow. And I was reading the book by Mark Batterson at the time, um, the prayer, the prayer book that he writes. Mm. And at the end of the book, it says, use me, send me and show me. Now, those words are powerful words. And if you right. don't recognize it, if you don't know what you're saying, be careful okay. before you say That's them. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm for real. They, they said, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> yeah wow and it, and I just remember like out of desperation just being like God show wow. me send me and use me and God did that um and I and I over the years I got to learn how powerful those words were uh but he opened up all of my jobs when I say three hours I was in upstate New York Three hours would have been Albany, Buffalo, New York City, and Pennsylvania down to just almost like a little, almost to uh, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And 
I just did three hour radius and it, it everything came to Wilkes-Barre. Wow. I was like, okay, God, I guess that's where you want me. Um, yeah. And in the process, God was journaling with me and he was telling me that he was calling me to Pennsylvania mm. and calling me to help people in Pennsylvania and help people walk out of this place of desperation out yeah. of this place of bondage um, to set them free. And I didn't know what all that meant. And I just can remember keep writing it down. And I had this dream uh, at one point where I was feeding people in a house and I was a part of uh, being a he uh, health coach. Uh, I did a lot of personal chef um, events. And so I'm like, oh, that's coming back in, uh, you right. know, because your natural brain wants to make sense of it. And right. uh, I just remember this house and the people coming in, they were dancing and they were having fun and they would leave. They would come in, you know, broken and they would leave whole. Um, right. And I remember getting two job offers in Wilkes-Barre at this point and I had two job offers in one weekend and I'm like, okay, God, this is where you want me. I will go. Right. But you have to, sh you have to give, you have to provide for a house. And at that point I was financially like Rocky right. and uh, the house, when I looked on Craigslist, the house I had in my dreams was on Craigslist, Craigslist for rent. Wow. Exactly. To a T, even the inside. And I'm like, okay, God, when they say you're powerful, you're real powerful. <laughs> right, right. So what made so what made you go on Craigslist? Like you just just looking, just scrolling. At that point, like in where we lived in upstate New York, like that was the only like that was the place where all rent rentals were were Craigslist. Okay, okay. And so I just thought Craigslist, and and that's the first house that popped up was this house, and I was like, oh my gosh, and it was it was more than I could have afforded at that moment. Right. Um, but God is super cool. When you step out, um, he does amazing things. And uh, so at this point, we're in court number two. And I'm like, okay, God, this is beyond state lines. And the kids have to come with me because God, yeah. you've promised me that you will not separate me from my children. Wow. And uh, and in your word, you say children are a gift from God. And right. I have done nothing wrong in this, in this process. Right. And, and so that gift cannot be removed. And uh, I remember taking one of the job offers and, and the guy that I rented from, he was so gracious. I ended up being able to move into the house um, early. Mm -hmm. uh, he financially made it so it would work. Um and I had the job offer right away and I got permission from my, my ex-husband because I said, okay, God, if all these are in place, the big one right. is going to be my ex because God, you know how he is. So good luck right. trying to get him to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and you know, within a week he said yes. And we had wow. papers signed by the, by the courts and um, I thought I was on my way. So I was packing everything up right. and a week before I was ready to leave, he filed in Supreme court. Oh. Um, and at that point I had already accepted a job offer. I already had put down payment and everything on a house for rent. Um, I already was 
already had rented the rental truck. Like I was, re- everything was boxed up, ready to go. And I, and I had already told God, yes. <laughs> wow. And, and so at that point, I'm like, wait, God, you, you said, like, I remember going to God and being like, God, wait, what's going on? And they had a law guardian come into my house to make sure that the kids were okay with this move. And I remember oh, wow. when she came in, she was like, she was like, your house is all boxed up. And I said, yes, I'm moving in one week. He's already approved everything. Right. Uh, this is just a turn of events. And uh, she goes, well, I have to meet with them separate. So she had to meet behind closed doors. And it made me very nervous at that time. Right. Because uh, we were a week out. And long story short, I ended up going to Supreme Court. And I fought tooth and nail with attorneys that I had worked with mm-hmm. and everything turned not in my favor oh wow so I still moved but my children could not move with me and when I say devastation uh, I hit another level of devastation wow. <laughs> and I could only see them for one week in a month wow and my children were young at that point wow. um and when, even when we were married, I was home all the time uh, with my children and during the day. And then in the evening, I would go see clients. So, or if they were in school, I would go see clients. So my kids always saw me home with them. Right. Uh, so this was like a huge change. And in that year process, I was in Pennsylvania and I was broken even further and wow. that's when I met Kashina. Um, and I just remember being really like broken with God and really raw. Right. And I couldn't figure out why everything was going not in my favor. And the, the law guardian said I had a condemned house, even though the it house was, was not condemned. Up. Right. It was just packed. <laughs> like. And there were all these lies. Um and I was like, God, I felt like David at one moment. And I was like, God, what is going on? There's all these lies that are not true. Right. And I feel like I am being persecuted for something right. I'm not doing right, wrong. Right. And uh, in the meantime, my children were being abused. Uh, my daughter was getting smacked across the face for oh. not speaking. And my oh. children, she would cling to my leg and, and scream oh, for bloody murder when she would have to go with her dad oh my goodness and as a mom that's mm-hmm. excruciating pain i'm trying uh, to get out the, trying to get out the spirit i'm trying to be like you know all right this is a story that she has overcome <laughs> if i see <laughs> my kids, story i've overcome oh i'm uh, just saying because you know how you be in the moment and you you start to think like man what would i have done in that situation and seeing my kids getting smacked and Ooh, Lord only knows. He knows who to put in certain situations because, baby, I don't know if I would have made it. (laughs) And there's so many times, like, my oldest um, was from a previous uh, relationship. Mm -hmm. I had him when I was young. And so, but my, the you know, during my marriage, he was accepted as, as his child. And he was three when he met him. And so he called him dad. Right. But when we got divorced, he refused to see him. 
wow. and he cut off ties with him. So my oldest was very devastated, wow. uh, very uh, felt a lot of rejection. So I was dealing a lot with my oldest. And when we moved, my oldest came with me. And that's when not only did my kids get, you know, taken um, and the courts were like, we want to give them to you, but you're not making money uh, that we can count because you're working in sales and it's commission. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, um, my son at that point, my oldest son lost uh, four friends oh. and um, three to car accident at that point and one to suicide. Oh, wow. Wow. And so he's dealing with grief at the same time. And at that point, I'm like, this is overwhelming, God. Right. <laughs> this only- is like drowning. I'm drowning. Where's the life jacket? <laughs> right. Like you told me. Journal, you told me. <laughs> yeah. My journal was like my lifesaver. Like that was my connection with God. When I would pick mm-hmm. up the pen, all I can say is God, you know, God still does it. When I pick up the pen, God, God speaks. Right. Um, and... I just remember being like, okay, God, something has to shift. And yeah. that journal was my lifesaver because I would I would highly recommend that anybody that goes through challenges, trauma, loss, yeah. anything, that you right. journal all the time because I right. would sit and go back and would say, God, you promised this. Right. God, you promised this. I'm holding on with white knuckles. Wow. I'm holding on and I would cry and I'd be like, God, you see me. I am just going to hold on. I don't know what else mm-hmm. to hold on to other than this. Right. right. And, um, you know, at that point, everything was final and I was going to have to pay my ex child support, um, which was very interesting. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and I just remember it was maybe seven months in, we got the court order and. Um, I was working and at that point I had gotten laid off from my job and I was trying to find another job. Right. And about, uh, four months later, I was still struggling and I was working this odds and ends job as a life insurance agent and I dropped mm-hmm. that one. And so now we're a year out and I'm without a job and he calls me up and says, I can't afford the kids. You have to take them. Wow. And I being like God, <laughs> right? God, right. I was financially stable when I got here, right. I still have this mountain of debt from the divorce, but right. I financially could pay my bills, God. Right. And now you want to bring them when I have no money, right? Um, and I just remember him saying, "They need you more than you need them." Wow. And so I was like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. Um, Your word says you're my provider, so I'm going to trust you. And one thing God promised me is that when my children and I walk through the Red Sea, we will see what we've experienced no more. Wow. Wow. And I just remember being like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And he ended up rescinding the Supreme Court order, which, by the way, we had to spend more money. So I had to spend three three court cases of money. Right. And so at this point, I'm like, God, I am so financially in debt. 
I've never been in debt in my life. Um, my credit score is in the dumps. Like, God, this is overwhelming. Right. And that they were moving with me. And I just remember they were so broken and they were so distraught and they were so guarded. Um, and when they came in the house, they were just so excited to be here and to be, you know, here with me. Right. But anything that had happened to them, that it was just like this wall that they right. would just put up because they, they didn't want to hurt anything more. Right. Um, and I just remember I would sit with them and draw. That's wow. all we would do was draw. And through our art projects, I would just ask them more questions. And through our art projects, I would learn more and more of what they had been through and what they were going through. Wow. And we would just have conversations over drawing and coloring. And uh, we bonded through that. Like we yeah. really bonded and, and they started to, I started to see significant changes in their, in their demeanor and their personality. Right. And I was able to give them coping skills of how to deal with what they were going through when they would go up there. Right. And when he relinquished them, he was like, I want nothing other than one week in a month. And he's like, right. I want nothing financially. I don't want to pay for anything. And I just remember being like, okay, God, like, what am I supposed to do with that? Because God, like, I'm single mom. And I remember God saying, don't ask for anything. Just sign and walk. Mm. And so, and in the natural, it seems really crazy. You would think so. <laughs> <laughs> but in the process, I have watched God come through in so many ways I have watched God bring in a church family and mm -hmm. a mentor and watch my life be transformed I watched God work on me I wow. watched my relationship with God strengthen and everything that I thought I knew of God be like restructured and reformed and wow um I watched God like pay my bills when I would be, I've, I, the, every job I've had in Pennsylvania has been a struggle. Either the jobs would close or restructure or God would say leave. Um, and I'm in my eighth job now <laughs> in I, since I moved to Pennsylvania. And, and I'm just like, God, this has been a journey. Yeah. Um, but every time I was unemployed, like God, God would pay all my bills. Checks would come in the mail from uh, people I didn't even know. Wow. Um, groceries would show them up on my door. Uh, people would come and be like, God just told me that you needed this. Clothes. P I've had, God has given me like key individuals who have just dropped off furniture and things that I needed in that moment. Um and I remember early on when my kids came, I was going to, to a church and working at this church and this past, uh, another pastor called me and she goes, Tara, you have a, you have a, a ministry for women, right? And I'm like, mm. I don't, am I supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, what did you, 
did you hear something <laughs> I didn't hear like what happened <laughs> and I just remember being like okay god um and I was not in a place financially where I was fully secure uh but I remember her saying this this girl is is young she's only like 18 I think she was Mm-hmm. 18 or 19 and she had a five-month-old and she had been sleeping on people's porches and it was oh, winter time and she was like i have nowhere else for her to go and i just remember being like god really i'm renting right. <laughs> do you right. remember the like little clause in the <laughs> rental clause that says no you can't have people <laughs> right um and i remember god saying shut up just Ooh. take her in and i'm like okay fine i'll be right. quiet um <laughs> And I took this woman in. She was from the Dominican Republic. And I remember when I went to go pick her up, we got in the car and she looked at me and she goes, you a white girl. Oh. (laughs) And I was like, that's the first time someone's ever called me a white girl. Right. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I am white. Well, how what does that mean? (laughs) she was like she's like i can't believe a white girl's helping me and i'm like okay wow. well this white girl is helping you and you're gonna right. love it right. <laughs> right and i will say she was such a blessing it was a tough you know there were some tough like moments right. where we had to wrestle with some things but she was a blessing she would she would cook food that i'm that were like amazing um I ended up getting her into a job and getting her a place to stay. And so God showed me that even in my lowest moments financially, when I was not in a place where I thought I could help somebody else, I still could. Uh, And so God has showed up, showed me so many times that like, I don't have to have my life all together. Um, And in this like, you know, ta-da, I figured it all out moment. Right. um, to be able to help other people and in the process god has uh you know he's done so much and today i work with women in recovery i have a caseload i help women um work through their challenges in recovery and i'm almost finished with my counseling degree i'll be finishing in may and you know, and, and that's even a, an amazing God moment because like this college called me out of the blue and they did not stop for an entire year uh, telling me that I needed to come and apply to this Christian college. And now, how did they re- how did they find you? Like, how did you, how did oh, even happen? <laughs> I think all they could. I think the only thing that makes sense is that I was online searching for degrees. Oh, OK. okay. Um, and so they must have gotten my information. But this woman relentlessly called me every month. Wow. And I was like, man, this woman's persistent. Right. <laughs> uh, and I was like, okay. After a while, I was like, all right, God, this this must be a thing. This this I must really should be going to, for counseling. You know, at that point, I had a paralegal degree. I was working in administration or administration type fields. But God was like, no, counseling. And uh, it's just been such a blessing because I've watched how God has showed me that that's my calling. Um, My calling is to help other women who have been through loss. And and I will say in the process, when my kids came, finally, my oldest 
lost his best friend to suicide. Wow. And when I say loss, um, he's still working through it, but it, it, I will say the first year was, was rocky. Um, and if I had not gone through my moments of depressed, deep depression and suicidal thoughts, I wouldn't have compassion and empathy for him in that, in that level, at that level. Um, but I remember there's, there was moments where like, I had to physically like hold him down with every bout of strength. And my oldest is six, two and like 300 pounds. I believe it. So he's like huge. Yeah. I have a, my 18, my 18 year old is six, four and my 15 year old is like going on six, five, you know, so I get it. I hear you. It, it, it was hard and and there were moments where I'd just be like no I speak life over you like right. you're going to get through this yeah um and there's moments where like he right now like just doesn't want God and I'm like okay God right you say that they're yours before they're mine so I'm mm-hmm. leaving them back in your hands you have mm-hmm. to you have to deal with this and God, God knew I needed to learn that I couldn't fix situations because if I was in this situation with him, I would have tried to fix it. Right. Um, and God has just taught me so much through, through the divorce, through uh, bouts of depression, through uh, suicidal thoughts, through, uh, you know, loss of my, of all the life. Like today I can say, that I'm financially stable and that I can, you know, be able to pay bills and um, I can bless others. And, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, checking my bank account every, (laughs) every day to be like, okay, I have 10 cents in there. My my paycheck's coming in in two days. How am I going to make it? (laughs) So how can I stress this down? Cause it's real. And, you know, God is, it's amazing because like you know i i was like god i want my children to travel and i want my yes. children to be able to have culture and last year right. i was able to take my kids to jamaica um, with the church we went to and um i'm watching everything that i've asked god for be come into fruition wow and so uh, like I sit there and I'm like, wow. And even the women I work with up on the mountain, I hear some of their stories. And it's so interesting because ever probably 90% of my clients are grief and loss. Wow. Is their core uh, root to yeah. their addiction. And I'm just amazed at how much God continually reminds me that those who have experienced tremendous loss, that's that's the women that God's bringing um, to me to show them that there, there's purpose, there's value in their life and, and they can live that purpose-filled life, um, that, that they are designed to live that purpose-filled life, right. um, that it's already there, they just need to walk in it. Right. Uh, and they just like, need to believe. Let go and believe. Yeah. yeah. And I will say one thing that really shocked me because I, I really, I was, I was bitter for the first two years. I was very bitter and angry at my, at, at the whole situation right. at my, the 
friend that I had that I thought was a friend I wouldn't right. like in all honesty I wouldn't go near women I was like no right. nope they're all gonna betray me they're all gonna right. you know cause pain um and look at today god has me with a bunch of women it's a so bunch funny. of them <laughs> <laughs> like, um, i feel like god god has a sense of humor he really does that's good he does. people don't realize that he's not one of those ones that's sitting up there you know in a rocking chair waiting to beat on somebody no i feel like he got a, a real good he, sense of humor so he does and uh, i will say uh, like even I remember there was one moment and I have to drive like almost three hours to pick up my kids once a month. Mm-hmm. And I remember God being like, you need to let them go. You need to forgive them. And your children need to see that you forgive them. Wow. And I just remember fighting God, like the whole three <laughs> hours being like, God, I really did, like, really, I have to forgive this man and this woman. Um, and wow. he was just like, yes, this is, this is the tie that has kept you bound. Yes. Um, and I remember being like, fine, God, we're going to give you an ultimatum. I will forgive them if they are on the front porch ready. And wow. they were never on the front porch. My kids were always packed with their bags and they were sitting on the front porch, but with the door closed, like they were not there. So I was like, God, if if they're on that front porch, I'll apologize or I'll I'll forgive them. Forgive them. Right. And uh, I pulled up in the driveway, and do you know that they were on they the were porch. on the front porch with wow. the entire family? Her five kids, they're two together, like oh, all. They have, kids. Oh, they have two together, <laughs> so all ten kids are sitting, you know, wow. on the front porch, and I'm like, really, God, an awesome. Right. Of this many, <laughs> right? I just remember like walking out of my car, shaking like a leaf, and being like, "Okay, God, I'm doing this. I'm doing it scared." Um, and I remember walking up to both of them and just being like, "I need you both to know that I forgive you both for everything that you did." And I remember them looking at me with like deer with headlights, right? Like confused, and- like what? Mm-hmm. And they didn't say anything. And I was like, okay, you're not going to say anything. I'm turning right back around. And I'm getting in my uh-huh. car. Check. God, I did it. Right. I did it. I'm done. And I, you know, it, it was a, it was a journey after that because there was of course some tests to see if I really did forgive him and her. Um, right. But that moment was so beautiful. Wow. And about a year and a half later, if I had not forgiven him, he called crying and he never called me. And I was like, the kids were here. And I'm like, why is he calling me? Um, And he called me crying and he's like, Tara, are the kids there? I need to tell them that, that, you know, his wife at that time has cancer. Oh no. And at that point he asked, he asked Jacob, my son, uh, one of my, my son and um, to pray. Wow. And do you know that that moment of prayer that we could pray for her mm-hmm. was an opportunity God provided? Wow. Um, and it wouldn't have been there if I had not forgiven. Right, right. And right. and today she's cancer free. Um, Amen. And I just thank God that there's, you know, that there's those moments where you need to forgive. And it's not for yourself. It's for so many other people. Yes. Um, yes. 
And that's what I, I have to do. That's not for you. It's for other people. That's that's like a hard, it was a hard that was a hard pill for me to even swallow when God was like, you know, you have to forgive because it's not just for you. It, it's not for you. It's for other people and other, you know, just for. And it's like, what does that even mean? Like, I'm the one doing <laughs> this. Like, you know, it was like a, that was a battle for me. But now I'm literally like in the process of, you know, accepting, you know, that. You know, forgiveness is really powerful and it's needed um, more than yeah. what we know for sure. So it is. It's 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 a connection, you know. And even when I did forgive, like the the realization of how attached I was to them mm-hmm. came when I recognized that those books of text no longer took place. Wow. Those stopped. Right. Those calls from CPS to check my refrigerator and check my cupboards to make sure wow. I had food stopped. Wow. All my financial struggles mm-hmm. stopped. Wow. And meanwhile, he's financially at times struggling, right? Like right. I recognize it's 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 a flow, right? When we don't forgive, yes. we attach ourselves and every problem they face, we face. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And, and it's so, it's so needed, not only for us, but for them. Right. And so many times every correction God is giving them, I was mm-hmm. getting. Wow. And, and I recognized how I was in the middle getting struck by God's correction to him. And it wasn't even for me. It was for him. And and in the meantime, I'm like, where is this coming from? What did I do? And I I would like second guess myself and like start to be like overthink the process and, um, you know, recognizing (laughs) it's, it's powerful. It's a powerful tool that God gives us to move on. And if anything, like, if anything that people get out of out of what we're talking about today, like letting go and forgiving is, mm-hmm. is key to anyone's success, anyone's peace, yes. anyone's joy. Like there are seasons of, you know, God says there's seasons of, of uh, you know, sadness. Right. But we can't come out of that season until we let go. Right. Until we forgive and... And it's a power, it's a powerhouse tool that God gives us. Um, and today, like I watch, I watch a relationship that's better. Are, are we like super close? No, but right. we can function in the same room. We can function over a phone call. We right. can work with each other and I'm no longer battling him, fighting me tooth and nail. Right. Um Financially, I was able to work through all that debt um, and not go bankrupt. Um, right. I think, you know, and today I'm financially stable. My, my, you know, credit score is raised. Like, I think sometimes when we're faced with that pile, like we don't mm-hmm. recognize where to start. Right. Uh, and the starting point is is surrendering. The starting point is allowing God to show you which one to start with um and god will bring people around you to help you Uh, so 
so many times, like I've had so many helpers in the last seven years um, and, and their divine appointments that God has placed mm. uh, during that season. And there are people that have been through similar situations that could help me walk through it. And they were in a place where they could reach my hand. Right. And pull right. Me right. Um, Wow. And even to this day, like, even though I'm, I'm planted, like God still provides those individuals, right? you know, and, and recognizing that, 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 that help never ends, um, that it's still there every step along the journey. Uh, but, you know, when we're paralyzed and when we feel like everything's crashing down around us and we feel so alone, um, and we feel like in such a pit of despair, uh, and we feel like the waves just never stop. Right. Um, I just want people to recognize that that's not the end all. It's not. Mm, it's, it's a starting point. It is. It's a, it's a starting point for something new. Um, and I can say today that like where God has called me. Mm -hmm. To help with women he would have never been able to do unless I had cut ties with my past right because God doesn't want his glory to be shared with someone who's not walking with him right right um and so that part of my life had to end and, and die right so that way new beginnings could happen with God and God could walk me into my purpose Absolutely. um and so it's so beautiful, but wow. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> something that's a, I don't know. I don't even know what the name of the topic of the conversation, you know, <laughs> the process of the process of letting go and forgiving and let, you know, uh, letting go and forgiving and let God. Cause like that, you know, like I said before, God knows <laughs> situations that people in because, you know, a lot of people can't handle you know, certain things like that. And for him to take all that you've been through and to make it, like you said in your uh, the email, taking ashes and making it into beauty, like, yeah. you know, and it, it doesn't look like, you know, you don't look, when I look at, you know, a picture of you and it's like, you don't look like anything <laughs> you've been through, like, at all. And, and, that's, and that's the beauty of, you know, God doing his work behind the scenes, you know, and and allowing and allowing you to walk around with a smile on your face like yeah i've been through this but guess what i'm still standing you know i i you know god walked me through this even through my hard headedness and you know my questioning him and my you know wanting to fix everything you know he was yet still you know there for me um through yeah. this whole situation and to know that he's taught you how to forgive and also to you know, help other people, also your children, because I'm sure they had to go in and say, you know what, well, Dad, you know, you you know, you're forgiven. Like, you know, there's there was some type of lesson, like a chain reaction of forgiveness going on, to where yeah, everybody was able to come out of it a whole and not broken in pieces anymore, um, because you know, that's not an easy journey to go through, especially as, I mean, of course, as us adults, you know, it's hard, but imagine a young child, you know, going through all of this and, 
um, trying to figure out what to do because both of these is my mom and my dad. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place, you know? So, well, for your children. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, on top of that, like, when I moved to Pennsylvania, I got confirmation um, from a, a pastor friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And she didn't even, she just came to me with something God, she felt God had told her. And mm-hmm. it went so in line with what God was telling me to move to Pennsylvania. It was confirmation. Wow. And I remember when I got the court order stating that kids could not live with me. Mm-hmm. I remember her going, maybe I heard God wrong. And this comes from somebody who's, right, pastor's wife. Like, wow. Um, and I remember her saying, maybe you just need to come home. You know, maybe, maybe you, I heard God wrong. And I remember her, I remember telling her, no, I know where I'm supposed to be. And I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I remember shortly after my mom, who's a believer would call me and say, you're not a good parent. You need to come home. Oh, wow. Um, you know, your kids, your kids need you. Right. Uh, you need to just forget this, forget what you think you heard God say and just come home. Wow. And when I say everybody attacks you. That's not like a Job moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, Job, like <laughs> in all honesty, God would have me in Job and he'd just be like, just trust me. Wow. Um, but I remember being like, God, man, every time you think you battle a one of, you know, one of those wonderful Satan demons that come your right. way. Yeah. You know, you think that one was tough. Another one comes that's even right. stronger. Right. And um and they know to pick the people that are closest to you. Right. Uh, I can't tell you how many times they would, you know, he would the enemy would use my son, my oldest son and be like, "Are you sure, mom? You know, I don't even want to be moving. We just need to go back." Right. Um and I just remember being like, "Wow." You know, the enemy really knows what sore points to hit. Right, right. And when you get a word, hold to that word. Like, God's promises are not false. Like, they will come to pass. But but a day in God's, you know, world is not a day in our world. Like, it's totally different. It is. And we have to recognize that. And, um you know, it's so, and it's interesting that you say that I, I don't look like I've been through, you know, I, I'm on the mountain so many times the women are like, you haven't been through anything, I'm sure. <laughs> right. uh, and I'm always like, oh, if only you knew my toll, my huge, my entire story, because that's right. like, even the divorce is like the, the breaking point, but there was so much more trauma I've been through before that. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm just like, if only you knew, uh, and I, you know, I do a lot of art therapy with, with the women on the mountain mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we do a, an exercise where we work on masks. And, mm-hmm. and one aspect that I encourage people is to take the mask down. Yes. You know, we live in a world where not everyone's going to hurt you. Right. Uh, and taking that mask down allows you to receive help. Right. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I was that, like, I was in that survivor mode because I Mm -hmm. was, you know, the victim and I was, you know, regardless of anything, I was going to figure out a way to fix it. Right. Right. I was going to figure out a way to be able to accomplish it and, and thrive. And, 
um, you just become in this place of self-sufficiency, mm-hmm. which is not healthy. And I began to learn through scripture that self-sufficiency is pride. It is. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, yuck. I've been pride for so yeah. long. I'm like perfectionism and self-sufficiency. I'm like, oh right. my God, I totally need to like be more humble. And I thought I was humble. Yeah, uh, right. And and I so I learned so much about myself even because so often we hear the word pride, but we think of like this puffed up individual right. who's very arrogant. Right. But it could be just that single mom who's like trying to be superwoman um, or trying to, you know, or that mom who's trying to be a helicopter mom, right? Like it's that self-sufficiency of like, I can go around and I can fix everything and I can figure out a solution. Right. And it's so prideful. Wow. And if I had remained in that place, the blessings I see today, I would never seen. Wow. Uh, and I feel like I feel like that's an area that like you know I want people to recognize that you know on the outside we might look all put together mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that the scars aren't still there right even though they're not visible even though they're not you know something you can see especially with verbal abuse you can't right. see those scars but they go deeper than physical scars because I've had they the go- physical Right. And physical scars disappear quick. Emotional right. scars, not so much, right? right? Right. And I feel like people who have been there who try to hide those scars, like it don't hide them. Right. Like we need to know where the scars are at. So so that way someone can come alongside you who wants to to be there as an encourager. Right. And can help walk you through that journey. Can ex- you know God exposes those areas mm-hmm. for a reason, but you need a helper because God always sends them out in twos. He does not send them out by themselves. Right, right. Um, so you can't do life on your own. And I always tell people, God gives you two feet and two eyes and two hands. Right. For a Yes. Uh, therefore, we have to be able to have somebody else help us through life. We can't do it on our own. Right. Because uh, I've learned, I know when I was, I guess, young, well, I don't say younger, but, you know, not too long ago, um, before my grandmother passed, she would tell me all the time, you know, you need to stop, you know, suppressing. You need to stop, you know, holding all these things in because one way or another, mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's going to explode. And you're going to be that yes. one person that say one thing and they didn't mean no harm by it, but they're going to feel the wrath of everyone yes. that, you know, has hurt you and traumatized you. And like, you yes. know, you have to learn how to start talking about these things. And, you know, it doesn't, it, it does matter who you talk to, you know, get to find you a, you know, that one that you can just be raw with and let it all out. Cause it's, it's, it's such a weight when you hold all those things in and even the traumas that you go through in life, you know, as a young person and as an older one, you know, as you grow up, Mm -hmm. you know, those things, those things, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier because every day something's going to be added to your life, you know? So 
Yeah, so it's really, it's really good. Like you, like you said, it's good to have, you know, let go and find that, <laughs> find that, you know, find those ones that, you know, allow that person that God sends your way to help you and guide you and allow those, you know, even if it's brick by brick, stick by stick, however yeah. your house is built, you know, have them, you know, help help you acknowledge that, okay, I do need help, you know. And you're willing to go through that process. It's not easy, I'm sure, you know, because you're gonna. It's like taking a bandaid off a fresh wound. Like, man, ouch, yeah. you know. And you know, you're gonna cry. You're gonna snot. You're gonna scream. You're gonna holler. You may cuss. You know, you may, you know, ask God to help you. You know, all these things, all these emotions. But at the end of it all, you know, it's freedom, and mm-hmm. it's gonna feel. It's gonna feel. It's gonna feel weird because you're so you're so used to being heavy. But feeling free and out of bondage and the chains are gone off your mind, off your hands, your feet, you know, all off your heart and your soul. All these chains are gone, you know, and it's like now you'll be able to see the scales that fall off your eye, fell off your eyes. Now you're able to see, you know, what God intended for this to, you know, to be. And then he also takes that lesson that you learned and to help other people. Because I always say that the trials that we go through is not for ourselves. It's for our, no. you know, the next person, you know, our next door neighbor or somebody across the world, you know. You never know who your story can touch. And that person may be in that situation, maybe coming out of the situation or going into the situation. Like, what do I need to do to get out of this situation before something crazy happens? And to hear someone else's story, to see how they made it through, it wasn't pretty. But at the same time, mm-hmm. this the the process of them going through it, you don't have to go through those same things. You can just, you know, you know, get the help that you need so that you don't have to, you know, face those same um issues and trials, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's and amazing to hear stories. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, and that's one of the what's one of the things that pushed me um and motivated me to keep going was when I recognized that what I was going through is for someone else and that someone Mm -hmm. else might be in such a pit of despair and Mm -hmm. is waiting for me um, to surrender. Wow. It began to shift my perspective Mm -hmm. on why am I fighting this? Right. Um, Because my fighting might be their last straw. Right. Um, and it might be too late if I That's continue how. to fight. Wow. And for me, that was that was my motivation because I was I began to see it as okay. It's not. And God started with my children, showing mm-hmm. it to me in the way of my children, because I recognized how my bitterness was becoming their bitterness, and my mm-hmm. pain was becoming their pain. And God was like, he's like, either you get out of this so they can be set free Mm -hmm. or, or you stay in it and watch the chaos that you create. Um, And even the women today, you know, there's so many opportunities I've had. Like I've even been in grocery stores and even as a little kid, my mom would always be like, people always tell you your entire life, their entire life story. And you don't even ask questions. Um, Mm. 
And, uh, you know, recognizing it now, it's because that was my calling. Right. God, you know, my gift that God's given me is the, is the encourager, right? It's the right. counseling. It's the counselor that God, the gift that God's given me. And mm-hmm. even from a young age and even recently, like I've had people in, in the vegetable aisle share mm-hmm. their entire life story about their son's death and, and losing their son and they're bawling their eyes out in the middle of the grocery store as wow. people are walking by. <laughs> like, what's and happening? It's like, okay, God, this is the moment. Um, yeah. This is a divine moment. Or like, I've just been in situations where people have gotten really bad news and yeah. and it's another area of loss and and God has put placed me there just so I can share a bit of my story and so I can pray for them. Right. Uh, you know, another gift God showed me through the process is that intercession was something that God has mm. given me. Wow. And I see how the two pair together mm-hmm. and how you need the encourager and the intercessor because yes. you can't, it's not you sharing the words. Like it's God's glory yes. from those situations that encourages somebody else to recognize that that's God wow, and that they want God that bad in their own life. Wow. Um, and I recognize that in order to do that, you need intercession so you can pray right. for that situation. So you can pray into that situation. So you can yes. stand in the gap for that person and how, how much those just dance together. And, and I'm like, wow, God, you know what? I wish we could learn this earlier on in life. Come on. <laughs> like, I wish I could under I wish I could have understood who God is and who right. I am in God so much earlier. You know, like I went to church. I was in youth group. I mm-hmm. I went on mission on a mission trip. Like I had that life growing up and and don't get me wrong like we also I had addiction in our family. Like I we had, you know, other aspects that I had to deal with and as a child, I was the oldest and, you know, there was other challenges growing up, but I had, I had a solid foundation in church and I walked away from it for a while, but I didn't learn who God was. I just learned about God. Um, And the, the teachings that I learned were not taught in a way where I could apply it. Mm. and see God come alive and that's what I love doing with clients and that's what I love doing with when they when I meet with them is let's see how we can see God come alive in your life right right you know how can the same God I've experienced Mm -hmm. be the God in your situation right um because our our situations are no different than people in the bible Right. We can have those same. And God says in scripture that we are to see him even bigger and greater yes. Yes. in these times. So if those are situations that are that are smaller than what we're supposed to see God right. in, then I'm missing out on something because right. I need to see God in a bigger way. Right. Uh, 
And that's what, that's like the core that I love working with women is how can we see God greater in your situation than you've ever seen God work? Because God, it does the impossible. And we so Mm -hmm. often put boxes on God. Yes, come on. And I'm just like, wow, you know, God can do things that we don't even understand. Right. Um, And we don't have to worry. Right. Yes, we might be fearful because that's an emotion that God Mm -hmm. gave us. But we don't have to be in a spirit of fear. Wow. um, Because God has already set us free from that and has given us everything that we need right and it's it's just beautiful like and it's and it's a gift that like i wish i had tapped into earlier so i i want to encourage somebody else to see that same experience and catch on because when you see god in that real way you don't want to ever let go right right and it's crazy how you say that because <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think me and my family were getting ready to have Bible study and like we didn't have it, but I ended up going deeper into the word anyway because it was my turn to go. And um, <laughs> God had, you know, placed up my heart. I was like, Lord, you know, what kind of word, what word do you want me to say? You know, like what am I to say? You know, because when, when you're teaching teenagers and young kids, it's like, okay, I want to... I want a lesson that they can understand, you know, and as their new beginnings and walking with God on their own, you know, like what can, what can I give them to start off with? And yeah. he, he brought me to, he brought me to Isaiah 43 and I have been loving it. Okay. Mm. And, and, um, and it was talking about how God, how God is a personal God. Like God mm. is so personal, like He knows you. Like He gave, yes. He will give everything for you. Like you know, people say, you know, He'll He'll leave the ninety nine and go for that one. You know, yes. He was like, I did, I did all this for you. I'm your God. You know, I'm yeah. everything that you need. And it was like when I read it in the Message Bible, I was like, He was like, <laughs> when you're in the, He was like, when you're in the fire, you know, I'm with you. When you think you're drowning, you know, I'm with you. When you when you feel like you know you're by yourself and you can't, you don't understand, you know, I'm here, you know, don't fear. Cause I think somebody said it's like, it, it states 365 times or something like that. When God in the Bible says, don't fear. And I'm like, Hmm. I said, well, this is one of the ones where he say, you know, don't fear. And I'm like, you know, when he broke down the fire, I thought about, you know, the three Hebrew boys. And when I thought about the water drowning, I thought about uh, Peter and I thought about Jonah and I thought about all these people. I'm like, wow, Lord, you was with them. Like, even though, the situation seemed, you know, chaotic or whatever. You're you were yet with them, and you took out mm-hmm. the time to say you took out the time to say, yeah, you, Sean, I'm with you. I got you. You, Tara, I got you in this situation. Yes, like, I'm, I'm right here with you. Every situation you go through, emotionally, physically, naturally, psychotically, all those, all those. Yes, were, you know, he he stated that he was right there with you, and I'm like. God, like for real, like, you know, like you said, I was raised up in church. Every part of my family is a minister from evangelists, prophets, pastors, apostles, you know, everybody you could think of. I have that in my life. But for God to meet me personally, I was like, wow, God, I said, it took me this long to understand that you are really personal for real. Like, oh, my God. So 
and that's what I've been, you know, I've been, you know, trying to spread. Like, man, y'all, do y'all realize how personal God really is? Like, yes. he's not, you know, he's not this one that's gonna just come down and destroy the world. Like, you know, people keep keep seeing, <laughs> but you know, he still has that grace and that love. And I feel like with you, you know, hearing your story, and it's like God is using you as His heartbeat. You know, mm. showing showing people how much God loves them, even in the situation they're in, and how yes. He will carry them and teach them and mold them in the situation to make them stronger and to let them know that they're not alone. And He sent He literally sent His heartbeat to them so that they can see, you know, He is real, how real He really is. And I thank God that you know you are, you know able to walk into the things that you were you know you're you were meant to when you were younger um and he's made that into a you know he he he's made ways for you open doors for you and brought you against amongst women um that are truly in need because you know women they're emotional beings you know we we tend yes. to emotional. We, we, we tend to make our emotions are like gods, you know. Like we, it's kind of hard because you're balancing so much. You're you're wearing so many hats as a mom, yes. as a coworker, as a leader, as a you know acquaintance, as a friend, as a sister, as a aunt. You know all these hats that you have. It's like okay, Lord, I'm tired. You know, like I don't know mm-hmm. I don't have nothing else. So you know here he'll make himself personal and strengthen you and give you that give you that strength to make it so for you to be that heartbeat in in philadelphia and i'm sure somewhere in the world you know as you travel you know god is going to expand that and i pray that he truly expands your you know understanding of how his heart really works um yeah so that you know other people can see that it is. It's it's just beautiful. And like, you know, so often I hear people and I've, I also said it to God going through the process was I was so worried to let go because I was so worried that I wouldn't receive everything I had worked so hard for. Right. Um, but I will say that God restores in ways that are beyond right. what you had before. Right. Like God gives you so much more. I can say that the house I'm in now in, in Honesdale, I'm renting as well. But right. I saw it again in a dream. Um, and I, I ended up renting this house. But every house God has given me. Mm-hmm. Uh, right before our divorce, we were remodeling our house. And I just remember having like nice stuff. But God... I can tell you that like apartments I would look at, I was like, God, these are like scary looking. Right. Uh, <laughs> and the ones he would end up saving for me were remodeled. Wow. Were gutted, remodeled, redone, high, like even recently, like the fridge broke and my landlord is he grew up in the depression years. So like, he's a saver. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> God bless him. He, he's sweet. He's awesome. He's sweet. We love him to death, but like he saves everything. Um, <laughs> and when my fridge broke, I was like, Oh, we're going to have to get a new one. 
and do you know like he likes to buy the cheapest of the cheap so he went to the store and because of the season that we were in where all everybody was coming we're in a resort area so everybody came in for their Mm -hmm. to open their homes there was only one fridge left and that fridge was a stainless steel fridge with all the works and you know that he had to buy that one fridge because there was nothing else. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just like, do you know, like, God, God created gives you that. Mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> like, man, and he gives you top of the top. Like, yeah, he doesn't give you, like, stuff that's, like, you know. And I remember my oldest coming up and being like, what? How do you get the nice stuff? And I'm like, that's God. Right, right. <laughs> that has nothing to do with me. Like, But like even the apartments I've been in, man, I'm just like, I am amazed at God because he gives me things that like are high quality, but yet are affordable. Right. Like the rent that we have is is the lowest in this area, and our landlord's always like, "Oh, you're just good tenants," you know. I'm like, <laughs> no, "But no, that's, that's another favor, God." But... <laughs> favor, like, and just favor comes, and so the more you step out, like, the more God is just like, "Here, look at all the wonderful things I have for wow. you." Wow. Uh, and wow. it's just it's beautiful. I just encourage someone just to. Step out, even if you're scared, do it scared. Um, because God knows our emotions, like you said, He knows our emotions, He already knew them before we had them, <laughs> right? Right, and so why, like, why try to like pretend like God doesn't know that we're scared? Just do it, <laughs> right? I'll be telling God, I'm like, you know, I feel like I've said this prayer a couple times, you know, but you already know your daughter, she is on one right now. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you anyway. I'm gonna tell you anyway since you already know it. But I'm gonna let you know anyway how I'm feeling right now. You know, and you know, in that moment, he's like, "Okay, I got you. I got, I got you. Just, just stop. I got you." So, you know, it it, it is a beautiful thing to you know um, gain that more intimate relationship with God because. It's so much deeper than just having a microphone on a stage. Um, you know, having yeah. all these accolades and degrees and all this other stuff, like, it's so much deeper than that. Like, you know, I've seen, I've heard but this, hmm, the stories I've heard during this journey of this podcast. I'm like, you know what, Lord? You took the least of them. <laughs> you taking the little, man, like, you taking the least of these and making these women and men so much, pow- so powerful in you, like, Oh my God, like it's, it is, it truly has blown my mind, you know, just seeing how God, how God loves and how he moves and, you know, different people's lives. And it encourages me and I'm sure it's, it's encouraging a whole lot of other people. I had a person that binge, like literally binge listened to everything, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you know, and like, <laughs> you know, she comes up to me and she was like, girl, are you done? Like, what is happening? <laughs> like, where's the next one? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm letting God. I'm letting God do His thing. You know, I'm I'm done trying to take control of everything. But you know, but it has definitely, truly, you know, been amazing listening to um, stories. And it's crazy because you you literally started from the middle. You didn't start from the beginning. So I'm like, I'm a little confused. No. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> you know, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, there's a part two somewhere in here. I'm gonna need to know <laughs> like what's happening. 
you know, how did all this, where did this all root from? You know what I mean? So, um, but that'll be a part two, hopefully, crossing the fingers. But, you know, I just want to say I really thank God for your journey. Like, it, it wasn't pretty. You know, it was a bit dusty and flames and, you know, all this other stuff. Quite interesting to me because I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Honey, child. If you see my face, I'm like, you know, maybe I should have did a video. She could see my face. Like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Uh, let me process this real quick because I'm like all up in my emotions. Like, first of all, how in the world, <laughs> you know? Like, no. So I just want to say, you know, thank you for, you know, allowing God to bring you through this journey that He brought you through, and also being obedient to Him by saying let go, and then also down the line saying, oh, by the way, you need to forgive. You know, yeah. uh, even when you didn't even know what to say, when you walk up to them, be like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. You, you, I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to let you feel it. Like, because I don't know what to say. I don't know how to forgive this person because all I'm seeing is all this stuff that I've been through with this person. So for him to feel your lips and you was obedient with that, um, yeah, it, it really brings the light to, you know, how God really you know, works. And even when you bring God an ultimatum, he gonna, he gonna, he gonna follow through. He gonna follow through. So, you know, in the Bible, somewhere in the Bible, I can't remember where it says, but it did say, try me and see, yeah. you know, and, oh. it, and he meant that, you know, yeah. so he meant all of that. So I just want to say, you know, thank you for that because it definitely um, encouraged me. I haven't never went through a divorce, you know, but, you know, thanking God, you know, because I feel like this, you know, of course, this story is going to help um, someone else. So, like, in that, what would be your, uh, what last encouraging words would you give to that woman, boy or girl, um, or man, however, um, who was ever listening? What encouraging words would you give to them? Um, I would encourage them to rise. Mm-hmm. Don't don't remain defeated. Don't remain in a place where you feel like you're eating the ground. Wow. wow. Um, because Ooh. even though you have bloody knuckles, even though you have bloody knees and your ankles are are you know are swollen and you feel like you can't get up, wow. you can. Wow. You totally can. Because it's not in our own strength that we rise. Come on. Right. It, it's in the strength of holding on to God. Right. And I will say I held on to God with white knuckles. Right. And at times it was a thin thread. Right. But you hold on with everything that you have and you don't allow anything else to falter it. Right. Um, because... God is truthful. God is real. God is what God says must come to pass. Right. Absolutely. God did not make you a failure. God did not come make on. you by mistake. Right. What you are going through is not your end all. Mm. It's just a speed bump. Come Even on. though it seems a lot, it's a speed bump. Right. And there is a ladder. You just can't see it. Mm. And, and I just encourage you to reach out. Reach out to those who can help you. 
mm-hmm. you know, that that's a huge thing is that so often we think that we just need to rise alone, but there's so many times in scripture where, you know, we're supposed to have somebody that we can lean, you know, we can be able to help us up, right? Like right. they go arm in arm with us. They hold us underneath the arm as wow. we walk. And, and through that, God brings those individuals for a reason. So right. trust them, even though trust is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Trust with everything that you have. Because the more you open up to that individual that God brings, yes, the more they can help you uncover mm-hmm. and rise higher. Um, that's one of the reasons why the coaching um, business that I opened up, I called it Rise, was because I recognized how many times I had to rise. Wow. And even though at times I felt like I was knocked back down, I still had to rise. Right, right. Much like a boxing ring, right? You you yeah. don't allow it to tap you out. Right. Because the only one that taps you out is God. Right. So unless God tells you that it's ta- your time to go home. Right. Don't allow it. Rise. Right. Because there's always another round. Wow. And that next round could be your victory round. I love that. Love that. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that. Because it's definitely, life is definitely a boxing match. That's for sure. You know, the Bible does say, you know, you might fall, but get back up, you know, Mm -hmm. because (laughs) this this life will come come at you with a sucker punch. And yes, um, (laughs) to overcome that is to get up. You know, to put a dent to the enemy's kingdom is to get back up again. Like, girl, this girl just won't stay down. She sure won't. <laughs> no, she won't. <laughs> she gonna keep rising oh. and she gonna, you know, she gonna keep pushing, you know, um, because um, my God already said he won this battle. He won this war already. There's battles in between, but he won the war. So I'm gonna continue because he already yeah. said he won. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> looking forward to the things to come for you and your um your business and your family and everything so definitely Thank loving you. loving you already like we haven't even met <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia you just is my next... on that airplane <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying <laughs> I know like I told I told uh Kashina and I told other people that I've met I was like you know I'm gonna get on the plane and I'm coming to y'all 2024 I'm telling y'all I'm gonna get on the plane and I'm like okay lord get Michael the archangel and Gabriel on the other end and guide this plane because I'm going to do it, you know? So I'm yes. definitely looking for I've been to Philadelphia one time, but it was like with a friend, like way back in elementary school. But, you know, to, uh, I guess experiences of, as an older person, you know, I'd be all right. I'd do better. But, um, and I have something to look forward to. <laughs> so I was going to say, and then um, you would have to drive about two and a half hours to see me. Well, hey, like, I'll know, drive. I'm not driving. <laughs> Oh my I'm like up in Honesdale, which is like in a in the Poconos. It's in the ski area, so we get a lot of people who come in here in the wintertime and ski. Um, okay. And in the summertime, they have all their their lake homes um, okay. that they come in. So we get a lot of New York City people that come in from from the area and uh, spend the spend the summer here. There's a lot of summer camps for the kids and 
Oh yeah, well I'll be coming down the summer then. Because I need these children to be something. <laughs> something. You know, maybe the winter time, because you know, Texas, they don't we don't get as much snow as everybody else. And I need to see some type of powdery snow on the ground. I just need to see something. You know, something different than the heat. <laughs> so yes. I'm definitely looking forward to literally traveling. I'm literally traveling to meet the new sisters and brothers that I have gained through this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and awesome. this, like I say, it's a forever friendship um, that will not be, you know, tampered with a loss, <laughs> you know, because um, yes. we know that, like you said before, God sent these people in your life and, you know, they're, they're forever, you know, godly relationships. Those are hard to find. And when you find yes. them, keep them, <laughs> like literally keep them dear to your heart. Because, um, again, like I said, it's hard to find, but I definitely look forward to. Um, talking to you more offline of course um, and of course I'll give you more uh, information once uh, this episode has been posted um, look like we have reached 107 minutes and 30 seconds um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good you know I mean I've had you know I love the conversation that's why I said it's not for me, when I do my, you know, conversations, I don't do it as interview based. I like to just break, you know, sit back and chill and talk like, you know, like we just like we've known each other forever, you know, because yes. being in an interview, being in an interview, it's like being at a job. Like it's so tense. It's like, OK, I need to answer this right. You know, I need to do this right. Or if I say this wrong, maybe, you know, I'm going to offend this person or something like that. No, I just need you to be real and transparent because that's what, you know, I feel like I'm. You know, I like to be, I like to be real and transparent about, you know, real life, you know, because we are living a real life. This is not a fantasy. <laughs> this is reality. So I, I love it. So that's how I like to keep things going. But again, like I said, um, as soon as I, um, you know, post it, I will definitely let you know. It'll probably be tomorrow um, that okay. I post it. And then I'll let you know. Uh, I'll send you the link to it. Um, my next journey um if you would like to join I'm I'm growing up in the podcast life um so where I'm starting the videos now um I'm gonna okay. still stay off I'm gonna still stay offline of course um with the podcast or whatever but I'm also add the videos to it so if you would like to join via video let me know <laughs> so yes I would up. love to <laughs> I'm trying to grow I, up and I, <laughs> I would say I would I would love to you just tell me when Oh yeah, girl. You know I got you. I got you because I'm. I want to be able to, again, reach the masses. And I believe, like I said, the, the, the circle that I've gained, I believe that circle is gonna bless so many people, um, as well. And Amen. it's gonna grow. And God, of course, definitely gonna get all the glory for it all. Yes. The devil, he got. I'll tell you, like I told somebody else, the devil got something coming. He just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm just waiting. I just like, let's go. Like, let's get it. So, yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. So, definitely, like I said, I will contact you, um, like, right after this. And then, um, again, I will do my processing and my editing and all that good old stuff. And then, okay. Also, schedule the videos really soon. So, awesome. That sounds uh, thank great. You so, thank you so much for coming to join me in the conversation. And I definitely hope that you enjoy the rest of your evening. 
Yes, you too. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Oh, I'm going to do my best, honey. I got a lot of cleaning up to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back in some motherhood after this. <laughs> so it's, all, it's all good, though. It's going to be definitely worth it. So I will definitely talk to you soon, though. Okay, sounds great. Have a good right, rest of your day. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Let's Be Real 100% when we're 100% real about life. We hope that you enjoyed the topic today and we hope that you trust God more and more each day. And we hope to see you next week.